0: Faith and Goal is provided by Continental Diamond, Canterbury Park,
1: JTR Roofing, and Faith Family Church. Here's the host of Faith and Goal, the voice of the Minnesota Vikings, Paul Allen. Hey, what's
2: going on? Indeed, as Big Voice Guy said, I'm Paul Allen, play-by-play guy for the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, this Minnesota Vikings season is crazy. This is episode two of Faith and Goal, and it's off a thrilling Minnesota Vikings victory at Carolina and during the Vikings bye week. And while there haven't been any constants during this three-and-three three start, one common thread we have when listening to games on KFAN and the Vikings radio network is Greg Coleman and his pregame preach. It started in 2002, my first year doing play-by-play for the Vikings. Halloween, I will call, my 400th game for the Vikings Radio Network. Such an honor. And it's so awesome to know I and we have been privileged to send it to the sideline that many times for Greg Coleman's pregame preach. It's a non-obvious way to sow seeds. It's Sunday scripture broadcast to tens of thousands each football Sunday. For me... It's the identity and highlight of our Sundays. The winds and egos and pride and emotions, they come and go. The preach lasts an eternity. Here's Greg in his pregame preach into the October 17th, Year of Our Lord 2021 pregame preach from the sideline in charlotte north carolina and we kick it off on the sideline with greg coleman in the boys all,
0: boys all it was was wakanda forever that was a battle cry of a mystical place that was a home to the black panther it was a place like heaven on earth until it was invaded by a ruthless enemy by the name of killmonger now he was a bad mama jemma. he was cold-blooded cold-blooded as these all-white unis of vikings are wearing today i can't worry about getting them dirty but let me tell you something i'm sick and tired of hearing about all these cats we got bit by the Bengals, we tame the lions by our foot. <laughs> Boy, but today it's another big cat. They big, fast, and nasty. How do you beat them, preacher? I'ma tell you, Mark 9, 23 says, the Lord had to remind his people. If you can believe, all things are possible. Boy, you never stop believing, hoping, and trusting. Now you saw it on full display last week. The final 40 seconds left against them other cats. Kirk was cold-blooded. Man, give me some more of that. Don't give me all this junk about it was a lions. I don't give a rat behind who it was. I'll take an ugly win over a pretty lost any. Day. let me tell you something offense get it done defense keep the heat on the panthers special teams play like you're gonna make the difference let me tell you something we got a chance to even up this thing three and three before we go to the back but we're gonna need that killmonger spirit Be relentless. Get it done by any means necessary. Now, Purple Nation, we hang the horns of another fallen member of the Vikings legend community. This week, former linebacker, Tanau Alapante. He was a loving husband, father of six six kids, man, and he was a fixture in the community, trying to make life better for somebody else. Much love to that family. Tanau, you fought a good fight. You finished your race. Rest rest well, my brother. Paul P. Ben, let's go finish these Panthers. But you got to believe.
1: Faith and Goal.
0: This episode
2: of Faith and Goal focuses on the origin of the pregame preach, the significance Greg Coleman has had on the National Football League as the first black punter, and the trials and tribulations of a black man cracking the mostly white system and becoming the first, indeed, black punter in the history of this fine league. We also will explore my walk with the Bible and why it's so important to me. My career is a miracle. Dead broke 25 years ago. Gypsy life, traveling around calling races full of sin. Not college educated, through it all. Canterbury Park, 27 years and 35,000 race calls. KFAN, my first radio show in any market. And for 23 years, and the Vikings, the first play-by-play work I've ever done was in the National Football League. And Halloween, I will be calling my 400th game. My career is a miracle. Some perceive it as life at the top, I view it from an angle of having peace at the bottom, like the Apostle Paul in Philippians 3, 3 to 9. We'll chat that with Greg Coleman shortly on episode 2 of Faith and Goal. God granted me not one, but three microphones to hone my skills and build my confidence to sow seeds of faith, counsel people, do sermons at chapels, pray on the sideline with coaches and players before every single game, and so on. That's my life, and it's all I think about, and stuff like this is all I want to do outside of the public life, which I view as a blessing. I have to hopefully bring happiness and joy to those who take time to listen to anything I do in my God-given craft. I'm so excited to chat with Greg Coleman, a two-decade confidant, friend, co-worker, and ordained minister who walks the walk. And I've seen it year after year, working Vikings football with Greg Coleman. Faith and Goal, Episode 2, starts now. Faith and Goal. Greg Coleman is sideline analyst for the Minnesota Vikings Radio Network and uh, the man we call G, or the man we call Touch, Coleman's corner, Etc., is the longest tenured member of our Minnesota Vikings radio network staff. For he has been a sideline analyst 21 years. He started in 2001. Greg also is an ordained minister who every so often does chapel for the Minnesota Vikings. He's a Jacksonville native who played for Cincinnati, Cleveland, Washington, and the Minnesota Vikings in the National Football League. Greg is also the first black. Hunter to make it to the NFL. Last year, he was inducted into the Black College Football Hall of Fame. Baseball fans. His cousin is Vince Coleman, the speedy outfielder who made memories with the St. Louis Cardinals. And Greg Coleman is one of the kindest people I have met In my life, not just my life with the Vikings, in all 55 years, I've walked on God's earth, and he always has inspired me on many levels, but specifically with his faith. Faith and goal. Greg Coleman joins us now. Faith and goal, episode number two. Greg, uh, goal first, as in football. That win at Carolina, young K.J. Osborne, wonderful seeing his confidence soar to the top.
1: It really is, Paul, and I I really love his story. His young story began like so many others, and it puts me in the mindset of of Adam Thielen when he came to the Vikings out of Mankato State, was on the practice squad. When young Stefan Diggs, uh, we drafted him out of Maryland, uh, didn't get a whole lot of clock, not a whole lot of playing time, but you could see something that was special about those individuals. And I saw it in KJ uh, last year, and and we started to develop a casual relationship, and then it grew into something a little bit stronger uh, where I challenged him during this downtime, during this uh, disappointment, when he was on the practice squad, when he didn't get clocked, when he was not suiting up. And just, just a word or two, Paul, because you know how critical and how important words are. We all can go back many, many years and, and hear the words of whether it was parents or coaches or mentors or tutors, the things that they said that inspired you. And for young KJ, I just wanted to, uh, to, to leave a thumbprint uh, on his mind as he tried to navigate through this thing called the National Football League. And as a result, uh, I would always ask, okay, are you reacting? Are you responding? And a lot of times last year, he said I was reacting because I wasn't sure. I wasn't comfortable with the system. I wasn't comfortable with what I was doing. This year, I'm responding. That means that I'm totally confident in, in, in my playbook. I'm confident in what I'm supposed to do. And his confidence inevitably has led to the confidence of Kirk cousins to look to him a lot of times before he looks to Adam Thielen in, in, JJ Jefferson. And with that being said, that is a huge step, uh, in his maturity, uh, his confidence and believability in his ability. And, and it was just so special to see him, uh, Kirk go to him in overtime yesterday. And he was just beaming from ear to ear. Uh, I just love this kid. I love his spirit. Uh, and and he was one of the first ones in the circle uh, after the game for the postgame prayer.
2: And And when it comes to confidence, you know, K.J. was very accomplished at the University of Miami, and he was drafted in a draft 2020 that is widely considered the greatest wide receiver draft in the history of the NFL. And he was part of it but didn't get any run last year. No fans at stadiums. It's all weird. And when he's trying to return punts, that was a problem, too. So the perceived life at the top for K.J. Osborne, man, you got it all. Look at that money you're making. You're in the National Football League. His confidence was broken last year. And life at the top, at least from a perception standpoint, that's not always the reality of situations, right?
1: No, you're absolutely right. And you have to have people in your life when you are broken on one level to come in and lift you up and to inspire you at another level. Uh, we had an opportunity to talk with uh, Kristen Darisau's, uh father yesterday. And he said he used this time of the injury to keep encouraging his son. They would talk every day. They would text every day. He said, my responsibility as a father is to instill in him that he's still one of the best. We still believe in, and his time will come. Just you know, be patient. Get this thing well. Get this injury well. Because players, you can play through hurt, but you can't play through an injury. And the toughest part was for him to stay patient. And the same thing was with with KJ. Yeah. So he has a circle of people, that has, that has poured into his life, that had. Help him survive. They threw him a life raft. Because you're right, PA. He was sinking. And and you could see it week after week after week. But somewhere he found that that lifeboat, that life raft, and and he hung on to it. And when he got his opportunity, man, he's swimming to the top of the food chain.
2: Now in that Vikings victory over Carolina, I mean what a wonderful circle you have created and and dots of divinity. Connecting themselves off what we just talked about because you have Christian Darasaw's dad cheering in the stands, his son starting at left tackle for the first time in his life in the NFL, and he's protecting Kirk Cousins, the guest uh, for episode one of Faith and Goal, the guest for episode two, Faith and Goal, Greg Coleman on right now, and the man about whom we are chatting is K.J. Osborne, Here's how the game-winning call sounded on the Vikings radio network. Second and 13, Cousins shotgun, looking to the left, steps up in the pocket, he'll fade to the end zone for K.J.,
0: caught, and touchdown! And the Minnesota Vikings have walked off on the
2: Carolina Panthers. Kirk Cousins to K.J. Osborne, a game-winning touchdown in overtime, and the Vikings beat Carolina 34-28. Let's go, Kirk. Let's go, KJ. And let's go, Greg Coleman, Faith and Goal, episode number two. You mentioned you chatted with KJ in the offseason, spirit broken last year. He has the perceived life at the top right now. You, One of the many beautiful things I've known about you in the two-plus decades we have been friends is you counsel young black athletes on routes to living their dreams. What led you to that?
1: Well you know Paul is it's not just black athletes it's it's anyone who is, who would listen and and i learned at a very young age that all the time it's not your parents all the time it's not your coaches uh all the time it's not your mentors and tutors and teachers it's the whole village that's where that that terminology came from and and i my family we my wife and kids we try to live that because we know that it does take a village to raise a child. And as I look back on my journey, uh, there were so many people who had a hand, a foot, a belt, a word of encouragement to help me to be the person who I am today. So I've always heard in some of my mentors and tutors, hey, you reach back as you climb, because if you see a turtle in the middle of the woods and you ask him, how did you get to the top of that post? And he said, oh, well, hell, I got up here by myself. He's lying through his teeth because there's no way that he could get to the top by himself. And in my journey and in my walk in whether it's community with with men, young men, young women, uh, couples, it, it doesn't matter because words are so powerful. And, and and I can remember words that coaches and mentors and parents said to me whether they were positive or negative. And I took those words to heart. That old saying, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a lie from the pit of hell. I'd rather get hit on the head with a board than to have negative words spewed into my spirit. And, and, and it's, that's one of the reasons, Paul, because if you can put your, your fingerprint on the future of this world, your DNA, you talk about legacy. It all starts with words. It's not about money. Yeah, you can write a check, you can do all of those things, but it's the words that you can instill into a man and to a woman that'll make the difference in their lives.
2: Why is and has Greg the Bible been so important to you and your journey?
1: Well, uh, growing up down south, the Bible built that people would call it. And my family was reared in church. Uh, They said that my dad was going to be a minister. He was very active in the church, in the choir, and in a deacon. He was a scoutmaster and all of those things. My grandma was a member of the choir and usher board. My family, we were just ingrained in church. Um, and, And when I say church, I learned the difference between church, religion, and a relationship. And as I went to a FCA camp, it's, it's called Fellowship of Christian Athletes, I learned the difference between, now, now don't get me wrong, those churches that nurtured and raised me, they were for a specific period of time. But when I really learned about the relationship with Christ, that really spurred me to, to want to know more. Uh, I went to school after, uh, for my own edification. I didn't go to be a minister or a pastor. I wanted to to dig in and dwell, delve into the Bible itself. And, and it says, know the word for yourself. By no means, even though I am ordained and and licensed and, and and served as an associate pastor of adult ministries and all of those things many years ago, I still like to live it out. I'm not a Bible scholar. Even the church that we have the fellowship that we have uh, tied into here in uh, in Jacksonville you know Potter's house uh, international Ministries uh, Bishop von McLaughlin is now my spiritual father we went to the same high school I am many years his senior but he's still my spiritual father uh, I, I, I just I believe Paul in the word uh, I believe in living it I don't and never have tried to beat anybody over the head with with spiritual uh, references and and scripture. Uh, I just tried to live to be an example, number one, for my kids and family. And if I can be that example, if I can be the man that God wanted me to be, wants me to be, am I perfect? By no means. Have I made mistakes? Absolutely. Have I stepped in dog poop? Absolutely. Would I step in it again? Absolutely. But I know where to go to clean it off. And that's with the word of God. That's what I stand on because the jerseys, the checks, the, you know, having 65,000 people shout your name and all of those things that, that everybody strives for being one of the few, one of the chosen few to make it in the national football league. I still don't put my whole life and my whole solace in things that can be taken away at a moment's notice.
2: And a common thread through the last 21 years of the Minnesota Vikings radio network, really 20 years, maybe 19 and a half, because I can't remember exactly when we started the pregame preach. It ties faith and goal with faith being scripture and and a belief in God and recognizing the power on earth of the Holy Spirit and a certain way to live, not being overbearing with it, exactly what you just talked about. And and the journey of learning and studying and listening to the Bible and recognizing, hey, Jesus turned water to wine, widely considered his first miracle. But did he do it so everybody at the wedding could get drunk? No, he wanted to save the groom's shame, uh, uh, town shame, because mm-hmm. it was going to run out of wine. And, and just so on yes. and so on. And we could talk about that some other time. But, you know, we, we heard the pregame preach from Charlotte and this season to start the podcast. Right now, I want to go back to January of 2010 and specifically the Superdome. It's the 2009 NFC title game. And the Vikings would lose to the New Orleans Saints. That was the bad news at the end of the day. But the good news and the good news of the gospel started like this.
0: Let's go back to Greg. Guys, sometimes, you know, things go wrong, but nothing is going to go wrong today because we're going to be on one accord in Psalms 133, verse 1. It says, behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. Now, boys, what I'm talking about is being on one accord. This has got to happen for 60 minutes of football. Stay focused. Special teams, Adrian to explode now this team has to play with purpose passion and power as davis says in psalms 133 how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together one team one mission one results one accord one nfc title game ready to go oh, the nfc championship Thanks, game go. is
2: in the air absolutely beautiful and you know now now that i've heard that back for the first time in quite some time you you quoted Psalms, uh, one of the absolute most beautiful parts of the Bible. It's in the Old Testament. And I've learned, you know, whether I'm doing chapels or I'm taking classes on Revelation, First John, systematic theology, the, the I'm 55 years of age. And, you know, a lot of people who are into the Bible and into the word uh, in ages 20 or, say, 30, you know, their 20s, their 30s. Is, is the New Testament is just everything to them, and, and whether it's John, Matthew, Luke, Titus, Mark, Acts, Philippians, uh, Galatians, so on, they know so much about it, but they don't take time to really get into the Old Testament because it's harder, it's darker, but I believe it's very important to God that you know the totality of the prophecy. From the first word of yeah. Genesis to the last word of Revelation— I believe that's very, very important. and that's why you you know you you mentioned Psalms in that preach, the one we played earlier, you quoted Second Timothy uh, where, where he's talking about you know finishing the race and fighting the good fight and, and keeping the faith. So you, you mesh it that way. but do you see it that way that knowing the old and the New Testament very important?
1: Absolutely, Paul, because a lot of times most people understand what the word says, but you have to understand what it means in its proper context. That's where study comes in. That's where tutelage comes in. That's where sitting at the feet of those uh, those scholars, those Bible scholars, scholars who God has called to put in our lives to help us take the next step. Because l- let me let me let me say this: People come into your lives for a season, and, and it's and it's just like milk. Uh, you look on every milk carton. There's an expiration date, and if you milk is good for you, it's good for bones and all of those things, calcium. But if you drink that milk after the expiration date, it can make you sick or it could kill you. It's the same way when God puts a person, a pastor, a family into your life. If the exploration date of that relationship is over, you can't force to stay. You can, because God is not going to force his will on you. you. You have your own free will. But if you stay there in trying to force this thing to work, it could either make you sick or it could kill you. So while, long story short, to get back to the point, it's, it's, it's practical. I try to live a practical life based on God's word. And you have to take the old with the new, um, because I believe in the Holy Spirit. And in, in, in all, if all you have is the word, you will dry up. Mm. But if all you have is the spirit, you will blow up. But if you have mm. the word and the spirit, you're going to grow up. And that's what I love about this Bible.
2: Go ahead with that, Greg Coleman, uh, the featured guest, sideline analyst, Vikings Radio Network, Faith and Goal, episode number two. Uh, To to the best of your recollection, what is the origin of the pregame preach on KFAN and the Minnesota Vikings Radio Network?
1: Well, I'm speaking to the originator right now Mm -hmm. because I think it was uh, it, it was a. We were on the road somewhere, and I I think I'd just spoken at Chapel, and we used to call that uh, segment Coleman's Keys to the Game. And you said, instead of going to uh, Greg Coleman for the keys, uh, I think you had heard or stepped in or somebody told you about uh, Chapel in one of the messages, and uh, you said, we're going down – to, for the preach, that's what we call it. We we're, we're gonna go down for the pregame preach, mm-hmm. and thus began this incredible phenomenon where you know God can use a jackass, and I and I fit that mode very very well, and and He told me in His spirit, if 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 you can apply the practical word of God with faith in football, you can reach so many people. And, and that's what I've tried to do, and I've been intentional. And, and people have uh, written calls, texts, uh, people that I see on the street who are having a bad time and say, man, I, I heard the pregame hmm. preach, man, and it just got me out of a funk. I was about ready to leave my wife. I, it, it, it reminded me of God's Word, uh, even, even one that was really just blew me away. God said I was so depressed that I was about to take my life. But it was something that you said during that pregame that inspired me. Mm. And so I don't flippantly try to pull together. I used to, but it's too important. It's so important on people's lives that hoping that something that's said during that pregame preach can inspire somebody. To live another day, to take another step, to say that you can make it, regardless to whether you win or lose, you know, you're still important in God's eye.
2: And what you just said matters so much than the outcome of a football game. And we want the Vikings to win. And we have a lot of friends and a lot of people we love with that organization. But, you know, conversely, on the other side, Greg, preaching's, preaching God's word and faith into a football game. I would imagine you've heard this, too. How do you respond to those who don't feel it belongs on the radio before a football game?
1: Well, I would say that it's part of who I am. And when I came to the Vikings, I just gave them a, a, a few ideas. I said, here's some thoughts and ideas of, of your, that you could really make your broadcast a little bit better with your sideline, uh, because they did not have a sideline person at that time. And I remember having a conversation with, with Steve LaCroix at that time, who was director of, Uh, of marketing and and all of those things fell under him. So he took it to heart and said, well, why don't you just go ahead and do it? Hmm. Uh, Because I did not apply for that. And and believe it or not, Paul, there was an opportunity to apply for the analyst job about three or four years prior to that. But I went and I sat down with my pastor and I said, pastor, here's what's in front of me. They want an answer in a couple of weeks. Uh, We sat and we prayed. I talked to my wife. And at that time, I was not mature enough because I said, I'm going to be gone every Sunday for about six months. And I was not ready. And I had so much peace about it that I chose not to respond and not to apply uh, for that analyst job. But fast forward four years later, when after I'd gone to school, after I'd matured, after I'd really gotten on solid ground, my both my feet were planted on God's word instead of a paycheck or instead of a football if you've ever tried to stand on a football you can stand for a few minutes but eventually it's going to throw you so 4 years later i got the opportunity and i said yes god said yes so i and here i am 21 years later mm. um i can't separate who i am in my spirit from who i am serving the vikings if i'm going to serve god i got to serve him you know, uh, with, with with both saint and sinner, whether it's on Sunday or Saturday, mm. that's who I am. Just just like I'm a black man. I can't unzip this skin when I take off a jersey. This is who I am. This is my nature. This is who God made me to be. and and the preach is not for everybody. It's just like when you go to a buffet, there's so many different salads, there's so many desserts, there's so many starches and veggies and all of those things, but you pick and choose what you want to eat that particular day. The preach is for those who are going through the buffet of the day. And if you choose to pick up the preach on a Sunday, God bless you. Faith and Goal.
2: Now, for me... I didn't. I never had read the Bible until three years ago. I didn't know Jesus was God on earth until that time. Now, that for me was so eye-opening and learning more about the burden of unforgiveness and idolatry and me first mentality and perceptions of life at the top and how people are treated because of that and the hoarding of money, et cetera. That, that bit me in a way where the Bible and God instantly became first and last and Alpha and Omega in my life. And it's been an arduous journey with study and and, and uh, learning and, and ask, talking to people about you and Kirk Cousins, his father, Don, who's a pastor, uh, Pastor Wes, and just so many different people because learning is just such an important part of it right now. Now, w- w- with our relationship, Greg, over the last two decades and a year, When did it click for you, sowing seeds, first and foremost, is what you were called to do?
1: Paul, I have no heaven or hell to put anybody in. And people need God, regardless of whether they're saint or sinner. I recognize that first. And the relationship that we develop, of course, by being a part of the same broadcast team, I know that you internally were a good man, but you were misguided in a lot of things. And it was not my job to preach at you. It was my job to live life according to God's word. And maybe if you saw something in me that would provoke you to change, because repentance is nothing more than change, going in a different direction. But when I saw the revelation. When I saw the hunger in you, I can't say what was the catalyst, but I knew that there was something different. I knew what you wanted. I knew that you were longing for something. And I continued to pray like I did when we first met 20 years ago. And I have never stopped because the Bible says, the prayers of the righteous availeth much. And when you have converted... It was such a blessing to me and for so many people who have told me, man, how is PA doing? You know, where's his walk spiritually? And I couldn't say where you were many, many years ago, but today emphatically without a question, I said that Paul Allen is walking with God. Paul Allen is a disciple of the Lord. Paul Allen is my brother in Christ. And, and, and they just rejoice. They rejoice because you are such an influence. You're such an influential voice that God can use for his glory
2: amen and i want to say it's a shame it took me 53 years to figure it out the, this doesn't matter i understand
1: it doesn't matter yeah i'm glad you i'm glad you thank you i'm glad i'm glad you yeah. got it, it
2: there's was- this this following whether it's social media radio listeners whatever it it my skill set on the microphone calling vikings games thirty five thousand 000 horse races all these radio shows it, it has nothing to do with me. And, and when you, per First John, when you know, you know. And I'm glad that at any stage of my life, I now know exactly why these gifts have been given to me. And it's my job on earth and awful earth at, at times to, to hone those skills, not for me. Uh, but but in the name of God. And I want to get more into that momentarily. But first, uh, we want to thank Continental Diamond in St. Louis Park. Uncle Jimmy, uh, very, very instrumental in my life on many levels. Greg Coleman knows Jimmy Pessis and the Pessis family. You know, Continental Diamond, by faith, stepped up and um, and supported faith and goal. Sight unseen, because it's, this is episode two of this podcast. That's how they operate at Continental Diamond. They, they, they are there to serve uh, and not be served. So if you need jewelry, head to Continental Diamond in St. Louis Park. Ask for Jimmy or his wife, Elaine. Let them take care of you and tell them you heard about it on the Faith and Goal podcast. It will benefit you in many, many ways, and also uh, JTR Roofing. Now that's kind of a misleading name because JTR Roofing does siding, windows, gutters, really whatever you need, they will install it. And they do so with an unparalleled level of both communication and craftsmanship on any exterior product you need done. So you're gonna know what you're getting with JTR Roofing. If you need any of those projects done, uh, consider the faith and goal recommendation of JTR Roofing. It is roof with jtr dot com. Roof with jtr dot com. Greg Coleman is our guest. Episode two of Faith and Goal. Faith and Goal. To uh, to dovetail off what you said, you know, and and you're one of few people I talked to about this this summer. Uh, the the honor of doing four sermons this summer at a Canterbury Park Chapel uh, called the Dean Coots Memorial Chapel. This is you know I didn't seek this the honor found me and and when I was asked to do this it took me a month to decide because of course I wanted to do it. But when, when I call games, I'm not intimidated and I'm not nervous. And when I do radio shows or call races that, yeah, it's, it's God has blessed me in a way to handle that with a plum and confidence. So I can serve others listening and hopefully make them laugh or make them feel good about something they heard when, when, when it came to doing these chapels, Greg, I mean, I talked to you about it, man. I mean, it was daunting and the preparation was 10 hours to to talk 40 minutes and, you know, it, it was one of the great honors of my life to do that. I'm working rigorously and diligently to do more and and ex, and expand on these gifts God has given me and and to absolutely recognize that I, I the perception of my life at the top is so wrong when the peace <laughs> is found at the bottom and serve and serving others every minute of every day and trying to get control of of things around you at work or things around you in your personal life and turn the other cheek and, you know, find your spots where you can counsel or mentor or share. And it, and it's not easy as you know, because it's been your life journey. But, you know, I, I, I showed some of those sermons that I did to you and sharing the word of God to let's say 50 to 70 people each time. Like I did what, why is sharing your faith and making it important uh, and making it public. Why is that important?
1: Because you have number one. You've you've always had God's favor, even before you became His son. He gave you favor uh, in the natural, and and you responded by doing what you do. You got you got better as a play-by-play man. You got better at calling horse races, because a lot of times you don't think that you're worthy because man, this is a new relationship and, and, and I'm not a Bible scholar. God doesn't call all of us to be Bible scholars. He doesn't call all of us to be ordained or licensed, to be in the five-fold ministry or be in a pulpit. You use whatever platform that God has given you. <clears throat> because number one, none of us are worthy, but God's favor has fallen upon us, and it's, and, it's, and it's up to us to make sure that we use his favor to give him glory. That's all he wants. Uh, the Guys on the field have a platform. You, you mentioned Kirk and Adam and so many other guys, uh, C.J. Ham, Man, using the platform that they have to make a difference in the life of somebody else is what it's all about. Now, you, you talk about those assignments. Uh, those times when you shared, why is it important? Because you are looked upon as someone, as deemed successful. And most people want to be successful in some way, shape, or form. And if there is just a few of those folks that you have influence over, and they stop and scratch their head, and they say, well, man, there's something different about Paul Allen. And I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, I want what he's got. That's when the light comes on. And you are on assignment day after day, week after week. I mean, I've, I, I'm have I'm, doing some uh, professional speaking. I've started my professional speaking business in the corporate area, the community area, and ministry area. But I am on assignment. I'm not out trying to change the world, but I am trying to put my thumbprint in God's DNA on everyone that I speak to. And that's what it's all about. So use whatever God has given you to give his people glory. And if, and if, and if you can make the difference in the life of one person, if one person says, man, I want what Paul Allen has got. There's something, there's something different. There's something special and I don't know what it is, and that's your opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ into the life of that person.
2: And many people won't say that, and that's fine, because no matter if you're atheist, agnostic, Christian, Muslim, Jewish, no matter who you are, I'm not going to judge, and, and I'm going to be friends with you. And you know, if conversations emerge about things, non-believers, things like that, I live for moments to talk about the Bible. It's really all I want to do in my life, and the not and see why I say that that's not going to happen because pride is so prevalent in the world now, and pride is the root of all evil, and and pride is just so deep and just so ugly right now that you know I wouldn't expect. Let's put it this way: if I sat around waiting for that to happen, uh, then I'd be sitting there for a long time tapping my toes, and like I told you, Greg, man is three years ago, I didn't know Jesus was God yeah. on earth. And so I start reading yeah. the Bible, and then I get into the book of Matthew. And mm-hmm. and Matthew eleven twenty eight, and how it overwhelmed me. It, it's the most beautiful writing I've ever read in my life. Once again, if people want to follow it on their own, Matthew uh, 11, chapter 11, excuse me, Matthew 11, verse 28. Come to me, all who are mm-hmm. weary and burdened, and I will give mm-hmm. you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my my burden is light and right there. I mean, it just, I couldn't stop reading it. I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I'm like, let me get this straight. I mean, for 2000 years, you know, God into Jesus, into the Holy spirit, when it's all one, it's God. And you're telling me, through devastation of the world, age of rage, everything where God's will is not making sense, he's still going to serve people by saying, come on over here if you're weary and burdened, I'm going to give you rest. My yoke, <laughs> uh, just just get next to me and learn from me. I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I'm like, if your burden is light, how can I not be light? I mean, how am I going to trip out over these little things? And, man, it right. just it just really was a a a roadmap to peace, not by convenience because I have nothing to do with it. It was peace that was put in my heart that never left. And, you know, in closing Faith and Goal podcast episode two with Greg Coleman, let, let, let's look at you. Long National Football League career a long, successful career with the Vikings radio network. You're retired and away from the Bible. You're living a life that you like me. I'm voice of the Minnesota Vikings for 20 years. I've called 35,000 horse races currently now at Canterbury park and Shakopee. I've done 23 years of radio shows for KFAM for us. That is a perceived life at the top, but true peace is found at the bottom. We, we serve we don't live to be served. And per Philippians 3, and and really 3 through 9, with the Apostle Paul uh, serving a prison stint for the second time for sharing his love for the gospel in Jesus, and formerly Saul the persecutor, and it's it's his second prison stint, and he's en route to writing the most books of anybody in the Bible. So so he's he's writing while in prison, and he writes... We who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Jesus Christ and put no confidence in the flesh, which is the world, put no confidence in the flesh, in man and pride and all that, though I myself have reasons for such confidence... If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in man or the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I mean, that, that can can you, 2000 years ago, it's written. How perfect is that for life now? Is you, you you can put your faith in all you know in front of you and 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 God bless you but for those of us who don't and we recognize a supernatural power that has overcome our hearts we're not crazy we ain't gonna ba- bang a Bible on your head that's who we are you know don't it's it, you you can back talk and 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 you can you can be small-minded and talk about people like that you know however you want to put it and that's fine because we ain't going to talk about you like that once the Holy Spirit overcomes you. And, and I just can't stress it enough. I mean, Paul, to, to Jewish law, had an impeccable resume. Like he says there, he was <laughs> faultless. And then he runs into Jesus on the road to Damascus, and God's will's not making sense. What's happening here? I'm in prison again. They're beating me. I'm about to die. And I'm never going to stop serving you, Father. I'm never going to stop believing in your word as the right way to live Life at the top is a perception. Peace at yeah. the bottom, Greg, is reality.
1: It, it is, Paul, and you talk about scriptures to stand on. And mine is Matthew 17, 20. And for many, many years, uh, regardless if I'm doing chapels for the Vikings or other teams, the <clears throat> what really comes to mind many, many years ago uh, to have players then who are now coaches or, or head coaches or successful business people to come back and say, Man, I remember, you know, fifteen years ago, you gave me a mustard seed. And it's Matthew 17, 20, for verily I say unto you, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, and I paraphrase that you can move mountains and nothing shall be impossible to you. That's what I stand on. I mean, because even when I got cut from Cleveland before coming here, I went to my ninth floor apartment window, and I said, God, uh, watching the game between Minnesota and and the Los Angeles Rams, and neither punter was doing well. I went to my apartment window, opened the window, and I said, God, I was 38 hot. I said, God, you lied to me. You said that you would give me the desires of my heart if I prayed, if I did the things that that you asked me to do. I said, man, where are you? Mm. I said, hell, I just want to play football. (laughs) I'll even play football for the Minnesota Vikings. (laughs) And I closed the window. Yeah the next day I got a call and I spent the next 10 years punting for the Minnesota Vikings. Amen. So it's by faith that I live.
2: And it's, uh, it's by faith that God put us together 21 years ago. My level of respect yes. for you is immense. Uh, you are one of the most inspirational people I've ever met in my life. And I can't thank you enough for joining faith and goal, Greg.
1: It's my honor, PA in, in the, in, in heaven rejoice when, when, Paul Allen said that Jesus is my Lord and and the saints around the world are rejoicing with you. So my love for you, my brother, has always been there, but it it's it's gone to another level because now we are brothers in Christ. So love you so much. And it's just been an honor to share this time with you, uh, faith and goal. What a what a what a tremendous honor for me. Thank love you, you so much.
2: Love you too. Can't wait to see you. Have a good day, all right?
1: All right, baby. Take care.
2: Greg Coleman, a sideline analyst for the Vikings radio network, faith and goal episode number two. Hopefully you enjoyed it and hopefully you drew some inspiration from it. I know I did. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, not only faith family church in Burnsville and Rosemount, but, um, uh, the the institution, the entity that brought me to Minnesota in 1995, Canterbury Park. You can learn more about what they do on and off the track at canterburypark.com and also Faith Family Church in Burnsville and Rosemount. Um, I attend the 6 pm. service in Burnsville, uh, Faithfamilymn.org faithfamilymn.org, if you want to get uh, information and or directions. And I would love for somebody to roll up to me on a Saturday at six o'clock and say, I heard you say that you attend this sermon and there's always a seat open next to you, which there is, and, um, and you want to sit there. I would just absolutely be overwhelmed and have my breath taken away if somebody wants to join me six o'clock Saturday nights at Faith Family Church in Burnsville, They also have uh, services Saturday at 4.30 and um, in Rosemount at uh, 10 a.m. on Sunday. We currently are going through a a series on miracles. Most recently, it was Mark 5 and the calming of the seas and so on. I think you'd really, really enjoy it. FaithFamilyMN.org. Thank you, Greg Coleman, for joining Faith and Goal. Thank you, Eric Nordquist, for producing it. And most importantly, thank all of you for listening to the Faith and Goal podcast. I'm Paul Allen. Touchdowns are achieved in life by finding your faith, thus Faith and Goal. Thanks for listening.